It's Saturday, June 20th, 2015. This is Connor Falk with The Set Show. That's a sports entertainment talk. And today we're going to do another one of our In the Day in the Life segments. On The Set Show, we talk about sports. We talk about entertainment. And obviously, try to talk about anything that makes your day less boring. Because as we know, being in Los Angeles with traffic or just being at those boring times of work, the time can go very slowly. So The Set Show is here to make those times go just a little bit more smoothly. Today, a day in the life of a Lyft driver. A lot of people know about this Uber, Lyft, different ways to get around town now. You're not limited just in a place like Los Angeles with not very much public transportation you need one of these apps we have a driver from that his name's Cosmo Sure. I worked with him on a television show we're going to go ahead and talk about what's it like being a Lyft driver we'll talk about what he thinks about the movie so far this summer and I know the Cosmo has some great TV shows that you might not have heard about that you might really enjoy so again this show is about people wanting to listen to fun things I think you like movies I think you like sports and I think you're gonna like hearing two friends that meant on a Sony lot, being kind of interesting conversation. So here I am. This is Connor Falk. Cosmo, thank you for being here, buddy. How you doing? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Doing all right. Now, I wanted, we talked about how uh, briefly you and I met at Sony. I was working on Shark Tank, and um, basically I'm in my golf cart in between takes. You know, I'm kind of waiting out there outside the uh, outside the stage, and this guy walks by and he's like, hey, do you happen to know where this, this is? And I thought, hey, I can go ahead and help this guy out. I, I think I do know where it is. And from there, we just had a conversation, you know, cut to what, 16 months later, and now you're a guest on the set show. Yeah, a happy friendship. And one thing for the listeners, if you think about, you know, in the industry, at least in Los Angeles, they talk a lot about it's not it's not what you know, it's who you know. It's about building your network with people that you can trust and that really you want to work with for 12 to 14 hours a day or so on, you know. And I think when you meet someone that has like, uh, you know, the same similar interests and it's just easy to get along with, it's easy to make friends, you know, you try to help each other out, get each other work and build your resume so that one point we're all working for where we get to make our own stuff, you know, be it a podcast or movies, we can be around people that we like. So Cosmo, again, we were able to hit it off, and I'm so happy to have you on the show because I think you're the perfect kind of guest for this kind of um, medium here. You're going to talk about your life as a Lyft driver. You're going to talk about your favorite movies this summer. I know you have some television shows to let us know about. So being a Lyft driver, what's the craziest and coolest things that have happened? I know it must be out there. It must be like taxi cab confessions in a way. Like, how, how's it go? What goes on in the, being a Lyft driver? Um, yeah, man. Uh, I'd like to quickly just uh, explain that being a Lyft driver is the perfect job for, uh, or perfect supplemental income for uh, people like us yeah. working in the industry, inspiring, uh, really flexible scheduling. Um, you can't even you can't even clock in hours. You just kind of turn on when you have free time to make money or when you need it. Yeah. Um. So crazy thing, man. I, I've been driving for Lyft now for uh, a little over seven months. And uh, I've had some uh, some crazy experiences, some anomalous experiences, because whenever I uh, bring up some of these stories to other friends who also drive for Lyft or Uber, their uh, their jaws open, their, their jaws drop, and just don't they don't know how to react. Sometimes they kind of think it's weird, or like, oh, wait, how'd you get so lucky, or how'd you get so unlucky? Yeah. Um, 
And the gun, and the gun factor certainly uh, yeah, plays well, a part. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's the, the factor. So yeah. he took the iPod um, saying that he was taking the napkins, or he accidentally took the iPod with the napkins? No, no, no. He, he knew what he was doing. I, he took the napkins, and I saw the silver of the iPod in his hand, and I didn't do anything. He just, I just, please get, I just told him, please get out of my car. And so, and so he took the iPod, and he bolted. I called Lyft right up, uh, immediately after all this. I called the cops immediately after this. Filed a report with both Lyft and the police. And I, I never saw that iPod again. That was the cost of my life though, that night. As I, that's how I rationalized that experience. Um, okay. Well, I mean, but, what did uh, Lyft say? What did they do in the situation? They were they supportive? Uh, they or? sent me a fifty dollar gift card. Uh, there's not much else they could have done. I don't think. I don't know. <laughs> I I let them know that this happened and that I wouldn't. Uh, it didn't stop me from working with them because that was, yes, it was at the very beginning of my time with Lyft, but I've now given almost 1,100 rides, and that is like one of three really gnarly experiences I've had, and I kind of, maybe you see me as 
maybe your audience will see me as stupid for this, but like, I, I don't know, three out of a thousand, three out of eleven hundred is not that, those aren't really bad odds, if you ask me. But, yeah, that's not too bad. Um, I mean, we did start on kind of a darker note in your lift experience. So I would say, you know, obviously those things are can happen. I think if there was any lesson that could be learned from that situation, probably be to always have your doors locked uh, just in uh, case, yeah. well, you know. Well, always have your door locked. Um, know when and where to drive. Yeah. That's definitely, you know, I don't really drive in the middle of the night anymore. That's the thing. Like, I thought it was like this cool adventure or something to, uh, uh, I just thought something was dark and weird about it you know i like driving i, I would drive from like 5 p.m to 5 a.m okay right? yeah just go on these really strange adventures in los angeles and just like meet these really strange characters and for the first couple of months it, that's what it was it was just me meeting these having these extreme experiences meeting these extreme characters um i mean there was a lot of in between kind of middle of the ground type of people too but a lot of the time people who request list at 3 a.m are Weirdos, you know, yeah. not like extremely like, carrying carrying a gun, threatening to uh, to rob me or shoot me, but um, but just some uh, some weird characters like that. Yeah, well, they're probably drunk too. I mean, at three a.m., you're trying to get home from the bar. You don't want to get a DUI, so you're using yeah. the you're calling the lift yeah. up. Um, okay, well, it's a lot of different experiences. You just start, started with the darkest end of the spectrum, which, you know, anybody can understand. That's probably one of the risks that you take, you know, just driving that late at night in certain parts of Los Angeles County. Now, what was maybe a cooler experience? You know, maybe you met someone, you had a really cool conversation. Have you made friends with anyone that you were on Lyft? Is that, is it that kind of thing? Or is it really uh, just a transaction? Yeah. yeah, you know, I, I definitely have. I, just a couple of weeks ago, um, I got a ride, I picked up this guy in, Santa Monica, and I was taking him to Westwood. And um, when we just started talking, we had the same taste in literature, and we got the same taste in literature. I'm, I'm a bit of a reader too, and like we we just hit it off like really, really quickly, like literally probably within a minute or so. We were like, "Oh, really? Like this?" Oh, yeah. We were all like throwing out, having a whole little mountain. It was really great. Um, <laughs> but um, by the time I got to his apartment, I was like, hey man, listen, I'm about to go on my break and get a bite to eat. Do you want to come get some soup with me right now? And he's like, yes, let's go get some dinner. And I turn my, turn, you know, I turn, finish his ride and I turn the app off and, I, and we go out to dinner together and we, you know, he's, a, he's also a filmmaker. He's uh, got a really successful YouTube series on right now. Um, my Game Roommate, it's sort of called, called My Game Roommate. You can find it on YouTube. It's got a few hundred thousand uh views and followers on it at the moment. Um, it's, a, it's a really funny little uh, like three-minute sitcom format type of uh, type of uh, show on YouTube. It's really cool. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Um, but um, anyway, yeah, so that's one of the cooler, more like networking, friendship-making type of uh, stories that is, uh, that I, I, that was just really more, but was, it's okay, but at this point now in, in 2015, we have these apps, you know, when I was younger, at least my dad's mentality, you know, you don't trust technology as much, you know, you don't want to trust these apps or whatnot, but I mean, from what you've been a Lyft driver, it's a very reliable app. If you're someone in Los Angeles and you need a ride somewhere, you know, your car's broke down or something, then you guys will be there on time and you'll be there to drive them out, you know, as long as you don't have a gun or something, then it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be a good experience, um, no, you would well, that, say, right? That's, that's just it, you know. Lyft is there for you when you need to be there, um, when you need someone there for you. It's, uh, 
I, whenever I call a list, they're always uh, at my place or wherever I'm at within two to three minutes. Okay. Maybe five, five tops. But um, really, really quickly. Yeah, really, really quickly from there. And like you said, it's it's the business of convenience, if anything. This is America. We like things to be easier. We want to have our things on time. You know, we're the microwave society. So, uh, you know, when we want to get somewhere, when I want to go to Target at 2 p.m. and I don't want to drive, I can just get on my app and say, hey, oh, there's Cosmo or there's uh, Shirley is going to be here in seven minutes to pick me up. And, you know, I probably meet somebody cool and then I can get to my location from there. And can I ask you, can you actually request certain drivers? You know, if someone meets you and they're friends with you, can they just request you if you're available? On the list, you cannot do that. There okay. is another app though that you can do that with. Okay. There are other apps you can do that with, maybe possibly yeah. Uber or whatnot. Okay. Well, yeah. okay. So that's your, that's your time as a Lyft driver. And I thought, I'm glad that you brought up to the fact that it's really good people in our industry. You know, we're working months at a time, but then we might have a few months off here and there or a few weeks, you know, you're on and you're off. And it's more that I would say, you know, depending on a lot of people who are listening right now, the nine to fivers, it's more of the bohemian artist, you know, lifestyle. But, you know, I certainly prefer it because I like to not know exactly what's going to be going on nine months from now. You know, it's kind of open-ended. There's so many people you can meet. And like I said, I was in the golf cart and I met my friend here, Cosmo, and you're on the show so you really never know what's going to happen on a set as long as you have a good attitude like you said you're an approachable person and you're positive and you show up on time then you have a chance and you have a place to be in television or be it in film so anyone that's listening out there that wants to be part of that just listen to lessons like that and uh and try to be as friendly and as humane as possible so next thing for cosmo you know we talked about how we got along as well movies you know movies are huge it's why i'm in los angeles why i moved from a place like bakersfield california to come here and to work behind and in front of the camera and uh you know obviously it's a big part of my life that in sports and i know that you love movies as well so uh, it's summer you know summer 2015 summer a lot of big movies have come out blockbusters why don't you give me your top three movies this summer so far okay uh so far i mean it's just starting it's only like a month and a half into the whole blockbuster season well i mean um, april starts now right i mean it starts in april i mean fast seven came out in april yeah, and last you know you're, you're totally right it's more like almost three months now that it's been going um so far in the last few months though uh that the blockbuster season's been going on i uh I absolutely loved Mad Max. I'd say that was my number one favorite so far. Um, I prepared by rewatching uh, the original three, and you don't have to do that with this one, um, but it does add a certain uh, certain element to the viewing experience. Um, I just uh, I, I I love the soundtrack, the scoring. The, it was very metal, a very hardcore kind of soundtrack. It was really great. Just like a lot of heavy guitars in it and uh, a lot of strings, a lot of violent strings in it, and I like that. Um, but, um, yeah, this the, the overall experience. It was just very, uh, I don't know, it just looked great and it felt great. And I don't really have, a, um, like, that intellectual of, a, of an analysis of it. I just had a very visceral, cool... Uh, what well, that's the good thing about that movie i think and i'm glad that you said that you watched the first three because how many how many four movies in a row get made by the same director you know within that span of time so i think that's really cool you know thinking of guys who have done the only trilogies it's not many guys you can think about you know spielberg with indiana jones coppola with the godfathers but not so many people that have actually done all their own movies of a certain franchise and i'm glad that you said also that it wasn't exactly you know intellectually it's hard to you know come with a synopsis of mad max because it was so simple and i think that's why i loved it too is because 
you know, and everyone who's been on the show so far since that movie came out agrees that's their favorite movie of the summer. You know, maybe some might bring up Jurassic World, but I think overall, entertaining wise and being satisfied after going into a movie theater, I think Mad Max is overwhelmingly the most popular movie of the summer because of its simplicity, because it didn't try to be anything that it's not. You know, so basically, if you play Grand Theft Auto, it was a Grand Theft Auto level. You know, it was take the yeah. tanker to yeah. one level, to one side before you get shot down and make it back. You know, basically. So, and uh, really simple from there. And, and how would you think after watching? The first three movies, who would you say is still a better Mad Max? Is it still Mel Gibson in your mind? Or do you think Tom Hardy, you know, after this, and if he does another good movie, do you think he can take over as being the official Mad Max in your mind? Oh, uh, man, it's apples and oranges. Um, Very true, okay. There were some moments, there were some moments of, um, of Tom Hardy's performance that I was like, all right, hold on there, Bane. But um, with, uh, with Mel Gibson, he's the originator of that character. Yeah. Um, one of the other things I love that you were saying, uh, George Miller created all of it. You yeah. know, it wasn't based on, uh, it wasn't an adapted piece of work. It was really, uh, it was all him. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't really say if I like one or better than the other, but uh, Tom Hardy is the Mad Max of, uh, of our generation, I suppose. Um, the, uh, you know, we didn't grow up watching the, uh, you know, the, the original Mad Max didn't come out while during our time. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I ended up watching um, him, I think, on like TNT or with my dad, you know, on one of those kind of channels I would watch him. Yeah, yeah, Someone else had to introduce it to us. It wasn't like we were teenagers when it came out or whatever, and we were like, we saw that uh, when they first came out. But this is, uh, you know, it's something really special, especially now that technology has kind of caught up with George Miller's imagination. I know, right? Um, I, uh, I really think... Uh, yeah, and it was good. And and I've been told that he wrote with the script that they wrote, there was actually enough for three movies. They had one Mad Max Furiosa, which was one that they they already ready the next script they could have done. So I think uh, from what I've heard, they're gonna go to another Tom Hardy on his own meeting, you know, the way Mad Max usually does it, Lone Wolf, kind of that conk legend of kung fu, you know, going from town to town or situation to situation, kind of being a quiet hero. And then the third one, it looks like it would wrap up with Furiosa going back to that kingdom that she kinda had. And I have to wonder, you know, if she goes bad by then, you know, if it kind of goes how Tina Turner was and, you know, before she kind of turned again in Thunderdome where Furiosa has all that power and like any human being, eventually it might be able to go to your head, you know, also absolute power is absolute corruption in a way. So I'm kind of wondering where they're going to go. That would be really exciting. I, I love it when, when good guys become bad guys or bad guys redeem themselves and wind up becoming the hero in the end. Uh, I love stories like that. So if that's how it goes, awesome. Yeah, you want to uh, see character change. I think we want to see the arc of a character, not just stay the same way. You know, in, in good writing and good acting, the person should always change in a major way before that two hours is up. You know, so well, I mean, and the constant, the constant through all these Mad Max movies is the character Mad Max. Yeah. You know, he he will always be. He's not gonna. He's not really bad, but he's not really good either. He's kind of neutral, and he's he will be there constantly through these movies it's his, it's his perspective on the on this world that he inhabits you know that's great i'm so glad you said that because when i'm thinking about it you're right because and not necessarily if i watched mad max i would say charlie theron is the biggest character you know it's her arc that we're watching change so mad max himself is almost like a light and he shines on certain characters and it's their reaction to him being in in their lives you know he's like a ripple in a pond and the pond kind of reacts to mad max being dropped in their situation so mad max great movie that's how it is in the old Mel Gibson movies, too. 
Um, Mad Max, it's all, everything is from Mad Max's perspective. And yeah, he's a main character, but he's not the main, main character. It's, yeah. it's him perceiving his world, right? Yeah. I love that. Okay, well, while we're talking about Mel Gibson, what's your favorite Mel Gibson movie? Man, uh, I'm actually not a big fan of Mel Gibson. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I would I would have to just repeat myself and just go with um, one of the Mad Max movies, specifically The Road Warrior. I would consider that my favorite Mel Gibson movie. Okay. Um, have you not seen I, The Lethal uh, Weapons? Oh, I have. Okay. I have, and they're, they're great, but... Uh, I don't want to get too controversial on... Uh, I don't know how controversial you want to get, but I, I'm... No, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Obviously, the public relations right now for Mel Gibson hasn't been good for a long time and for a lot of, you know, good or bad reason, depending on where you're looking at it. So we don't need to get into that. Uh, but ultimately, yeah. you know, you, you like Mad Max. It was your favorite movie this summer. And uh, so I also know that you're a big TV watcher. And I wanted to have you on because you've watched some television shows recently that I've seen and some that I haven't seen. So why don't you tell me about some shows you've seen and something that you think the listeners should go ahead and check out, be it online or on DVD. Yeah, um, my most recent finish uh, was uh, this Netflix original series called Sense8. Okay. Um, I really, really dug it. Um, if you're a casual viewer of things, uh, I would not recommends this. It really has to be very paying close attention to it. It's somewhat of a convoluted uh, plot, but if you're paying attention, it, by episode three or four, uh, the flow of the storyline is really, really cool. I don't want to give too much away, but um, it's by it's created by uh, the Wachowskis. Yeah. And they, they did the Matrix and Jupiter Ascending most recently. Um, v for Vendetta, which is, I say, their second best um, one, you know? Yeah, Be For Vendetta was a fantastic movie. I love that one. Um, but um, in a nutshell, it's these eight people across the globe. They all of a sudden become telepathically linked, and they have to solve the mystery of uh, what and or who is causing uh, this link. And they find each other, and it's this whole rolling sci-fi saga it's uh it's it's pretty it's pretty great do they see through the other's eyes do they see through the yeah. other's eyes okay so they kind of become that person yes yeah. so they share each other's abilities you've got this one martial arts master that she can inhabit anyone who's getting in trouble and might need certain self-defense abilities that they don't have inherently themselves that's cool she will inhabit their body and help them out there's this one gun expert who, if you get caught in this uh, certain situation where you need to know about guns, this guy can step in and be your guy. There's one person, who, he's, a, he's a famous actor in Mexico, and so he, um, he's a really good liar, he's a really good actor, right? So if you need to like lie or trick your way out of a situation, he'll inhabit your body and help you out of that that sticky situation. Hmm. Um, there's a Chicago cop in one of them. Uh, there's this uh, uh, reformed drug addict who is, has this really haunting personal story. And there's, it's just a really, really cool characters, really great development, and just a, a, a solid plot. I, I should say, um, I can't pronounce the guy's name, but it's J. Michael Straczynski, I think. Hmm. Uh, he's the guy who create, created Babylon 5. Yeah, okay. Uh, he's one of the co-creators of this show, and you definitely see his influence on it. And um, 
the dialogue is not it's not too complicated. There's nothing like you don't have to watch it with the subtitles or anything like that to follow it along. But uh, it's really it's just a great just a great fun ride, and I hope I hope Netflix picks it up for a second season because there's a pretty good cliffhanger at the end of it, and I. Well, it sounds certainly interesting. I think after you talking about it, I, I certainly want to watch it a little bit more. I'm a big Netflix fan, and another show that I, I believe you finished, I hope you did, so we could talk about it, was Bloodline. That was probably been my even. I, I liked it even more than Daredevil, and I'll probably even like it more than Sensei. I just absolutely loved it. Did you finish Bloodline on Netflix? Yes, Bloodline was absolutely brilliant, and also a great cliffhanger, great slow burn. Yeah, with a cliffhanger at the end of episode twelve or thirteen, however many episodes it is. Um, it was fantastic. I it, loved it. It was, and I have friends who say, "Oh, well, you watch it, you know, start watching with me." And it's kind of hard. I need some time because it's so much. I mean, there's such a, it's such a long and elongated, you know, elongated story in a way. But the storytelling goes in and out from different times, and there's things that you yeah. see in episode two that you don't really go back to until episode nine. So uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a, that's a great example of what uh, we were alluding to earlier. Um, you can't quite tell who the good guys are or the bad guys are in that show. Yeah. Um, you don't know what's going on with this whole family, what their secrets are. I mean, the secrets do, a lot of the secrets do come out by the end of the show, but um, there's still a lot of stuff to be discovered. And I feel like there, there's, um, uh, there's still more. There's still more. And you, you go back and watch it, you're going to get a whole new show. Yeah. You know, you watch the first season the second time, you're going to get all of different things that you didn't even take the cash the first time exactly and for people who might not exactly know we're talking about bloodline it's a show on netflix from the creators of the damages that was a popular show on fx which is also on netflix starring kyle chandler who you know as coach taylor from friday night lights did a great job just overall a great character actor sam shepherd an old writer director actor who's been a lot of things linda cardellini obviously who we'll have a crush on after watching greeks and geeks and uh ben mendelson ben mendelson who's the australian actor who's in everything now you're going to see him upcoming in Rogue One, the Star Wars movie. He was in Killing Them Softly. He's in uh, Slow West, his recent Fassbender movie. The guy, he was in uh, Gods of Egypt. So the guy was just in so many different movies and, um, you know, did great in that show. And then last but not least, you have Sissy Spacek, who's a very popular Academy Award winning actress. So Bloodline, please check it out. I don't, I really don't want to give much of the story away because even telling you a little bit might give you an idea. But what Cosmo said was great. And what I think is a great example of great television when you don't exactly know who the good guy is and who the bad guy is. Because if I believe in one thing, that's what life is you know it's all mostly gray it's not as black and white as you think when you're younger it's a lot of gray in life and uh and a lot of these tv shows have to show that because you know anybody can be good and bad depending on where you find them in life you know and and depending on the motivations that they have in any given situation so bloodline check that out and cosmo i guess the last thing i want to talk to you about i know you recently watched the wire on HBO, it's yeah. a show that I always try to tell people about. It's one of the you know my parents just watched it. My dad, you know, he's never really been as crazy in a TV as I have. Obviously, I'm kind of the TV and movie nerd of the family. But he gets yeah. HBO on demand. He starts watching Game of Thrones, which I'm so proud of. And then he starts watching this show. He's like, hey, have you seen the show The Wire? And I'm like, Dad, I, I tried to tell you like eight years ago about this show. It's great. I, I knew you love it. And he finished the whole thing in like a week. And I think you know I kind of want to hear about why you liked it so much because it is just overall just so quality of a television show. Um, well, yeah, I just finished The Wire maybe a week or two ago, and I cried at the, the finale. Okay. Um, I, I, I cried for maybe like a whole minute, actually, just at the depiction of injustice and inequality. Yeah. Um, localized in Baltimore, of course, but, um, uh, man, you know, 
talking about the things that I can really relate to is some of the best acting. Some of the best, absolute best acting I've seen in a TV drama. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe ever. I don't, I don't, that, that's a very hard absolute, but he, um, it, it's definitely, uh, some of the best acting. And, uh, one yeah, it, no, it's okay. Well, I'll help you out in a second. I think when you say the best acting, I also agree because I like the casting. The casting was perfect. A lot in Hollywood, you know, they go pretty first and then they go talented after. And in this show, everyone looks more realistic to how they might look in those situations. You know, you don't have a bunch of models walking around or super rugged, handsome dudes walking around because they just don't really exist in real life, you know? So you're dealing with these, you know, all the time in real life, at least. So you're dealing with the situation, all these people in Baltimore and what's great because it covers the corruption and just how tough it can be in American society when it comes to you know what goes on in the docks for things that come to our states for what goes on in the education system for for what actually you know what you get taught and how your education gives you an opportunity to do or don't do things you know how you make situations or how you make good decisions or bad decisions situation a lot of that is based on education and then you have going into the you know the politics the mayor's office you have the police force and just how much of it is in a, in a job that should be just a taskmaster job of sadly how much politics go into that and how you know decisions are made based on you know what you're going to get later well you know let's go back to season four which focuses on the uh, education system yeah that's the main focus of season four and i've been i i've shared this off with a lot of my friends and they find season four to be their favorite me too um i agree i totally understand why season four is a lot of people's favorite of that show um uh, it is. Uh, it might be even mine too. But the, the thing is, I, I my mom is a school teacher. Mine as well. She's worked for uh, LAUSD for uh, nearly twenty years, and then she worked in the uh, New York DOE uh, for almost fifteen years before that. Okay. So um, uh, that's board of education. Um, the um, so just seeing how just how political our and bureaucratic our education system uh is and again localized in baltimore but it it really hit a hit a, hit a nerve for me well, absolutely. And I was raised by a teacher as well. And when you see how much they're trying to, you know, buy equipment and things for their students just to make sure they can teach them properly so they can have good lives, what they have to go through and the kind of funny that they don't get, you know, it's just wrong. You know, I mean, I love movies and I love sports, but there's no way that Kobe Bryant really deserves as much as much money as my mom made, Laura Falk, from teaching all these kids, you know, I mean, from raising all these, helping teach all these positive human beings to live and be good people in our society. I mean, it's huge. So, you know, one thing about The Wire as well, well, you talk about the education, the story, but the acting, but one huge movie star now who I've liked since watching The Wire, and now he's big. A lot of people know him from superhero movies. He's in Thor. He's in a lot of different movies. Idris Elba. I mean, how good of a job did he do in those, you know, we don't oh. want to say when he dies, but, or he doesn't die. Sorry, oh. no spoilers. Um, but Idris Elba, I mean, this guy that, he's probably, he's probably the biggest that person was, from the show, you know? That was a very sad moment for me. I just, I, up until watching season four, uh, season three, was my favorite. That would be my second favorite. Yeah. Uh, because um, he's a bad guy, but he's so charismatic. He's charismatic, and he's, um, you just, you, you just, you understand him. You understand his logic. You get, you, you, you get where he's coming from. Yeah. Just, you, you want to, like, it would be difficult, but you want to be his friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it would be a difficult feat to actually 
uh, earn his trust, but uh, you definitely want to be Stringer's friend. Uh, at least I did. Maybe I'm crazy for that, but I, uh, I just would, want, I would love to pick your brain. He, he has this brilliant brain uh, for business and for uh, economics, and he, I, I would just want to sit down and have a drink with him. Yeah, it shows how good the guy did at writing that character and how good the actor did at inhibiting that character and being able to show exactly. Because what, you, what you're describing exactly, that's the win for the writer right there. That's what they want. They want you to be like, okay, this guy's relatable and he's interesting. Like, I want to know what's going on in his story. Like, he might be a drug dealer or whatnot, but he still has his motivations. And you can kind of understand, like you said, in that gray area, what it would be like to be a drug dealer, you might or might not get like, okay, maybe I can get a little bit why he would make those certain decisions. So... Um, you know, next, last thing I want to ask you coming up, like you said, I guess we're only midway into the summer or even the fall. So I don't know when you'll be on the show again. I hope you will be again, buddy. But what is the most exciting oh. movie that you're looking forward to right now? You know, from, until you're on the show again, what movie from now, let's say in the next year, from this moment, from June 20th until June 20th, 2015 until June 20th, 2016, what movie are you most excited for? I, I think I know your answer, but I guess I just want to know. Um, you think you know my answer? I, I'm curious to know what you uh, what you think I think. Um, but um, I've recently delved uh, just headfirst into the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. And so I'm really excited about Ant Man coming out next month. Okay. And the uh, and the Civil War movie coming out next year. And I'm really excited about those. Um, I uh, I. I just think it's they're, they're building on this whole big thing that's really exciting. Um, it just plays to um, your child in me. You know, I remember waking up on Saturday mornings getting excited to watch my Iron Man cartoons or my Spider-Man cartoons, my Pokemon, whatever I watch. And I just kind of brought that back for me. And, uh, so... Yeah, well, Marvel's done such a good job of being a great mix of action, adventure, with with good, witty comedy. And I think one thing I would say is I also agree that Ant-Man, for me, um, I'm probably going to like that more than Avengers 2, to be honest. I mean, Avengers 2 was good, but it was just so much CGI and so many things happening. And I want to be able to, you know, kind of rely on one to two characters and really follow their arc instead of like 11, because it's just hard to do in two hours and 20 minutes. So Ant-Man and, and the other standalone movies in the Avengers universe for me, I think might overall always be better, you know? And last last oh, yeah. year, I mean, Captain America 2, just that's still my favorite Marvel movie of all time. It's Operation of the Condor, you know, meets a superhero movie. And I absolutely loved it, you know? and I I hated the first Captain America, dude. I hated it. I thought the director should be <laughs> deported. I thought, you know, any, anything that he made with the word American, how bad it was, I hated that movie. And for how good the Russo brothers did, you know, a great, you know, great pass from them. They One of the creators of Community, and then uh, now they're doing Captain America 2, they're going to do Civil War, and they're going to do the Avengers Infinity movies. So uh, I can certainly understand why you're excited about that. So what what is your favorite Marvel movie so far? That was great, I, yeah. I think that one, that's the one that started this whole movement. Um, and it's, uh, to this date, the best one of them. Um, but the whole thing about the Avengers movies is it's just, it's basically a two and a half hour summary of what's to come and what has already happened. That's yeah. how I try to watch the Avengers movies. It just brings you back up to date. In case you weren't following along the whole, the last five movies, this is what's going on right now. Absolutely, okay. Uh, that's, that's kind of how I see uh, the Avengers movies, and I really appreciate them for that. And hopefully, uh, with Infinity War in five years or four years, whenever they come out, um, 
Well, actually, more like three years, but whatever. Uh, he, I feel like those will be more full, like plot-driven movies, um, and you'll get a good taste of the characters ending with the ending phase three. Um, okay. Well, I certainly hope so. And those movies have been so good so far. And, uh, you know, having the good directors that we trust now and the Russo brothers and just a good combination, again, of, of of bringing us that childhood back and introducing us cool characters. And the great part is these comic books, there's so much info and history in there of where you can go with different characters. So be it Ant-Man or the new Captain America or when they start doing Black Panther, they all have a, yeah. they all have a good chance to be really good. And just to finish off, last thing, you wondered what I thought your favorite movie would have been. I actually thought it would have been yeah. Star Wars. I thought it would have been Star Wars Force Awakens. I mean, talk about bringing us back to being kids. Were you, oh, yeah. I mean, that was, you know. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation, though, man. I, yeah. I grew up, uh, I was introduced to Star Wars a little bit later in my childhood. I actually grew up with Star Trek. Ooh, okay, I, okay. And I, and I love the reboot, uh, the J.J. Abrams reboot. I feel like it's very respectful uh, to the original, uh, the original series. Um, I'd love to see somebody uh, get back to the next generation because that's the, uh, that's the series that I grew up with, Star Trek wise. Uh, but yes, of course, I'm very excited about uh, the new Star Wars movie. Yeah, it looks really good. And to me, J.J. Abrams is the perfect guy to use to introduce something because, you know, I agree with you. It's funny because other other Star Trek people I've talked to didn't like it in comparison to the other movies because it was a lot different. Because one thing that J.J. talked about, he tried to actually make the first Star Trek more like Star Wars, you know, having more of those uh, battle scenes in space or whatnot and kind of almost like a Top Gun mentality where he's going to the, you know, he's going to the Academy trying to get better. You know, he's kind of this brash guy who has an older mentor who kind of helps him out so i i absolutely loved the first star trek and you know chris hemsworth in the beginning you know now he's thor so we wrap we connect that to our marvel universe right there and for me star wars i mean I, you know my dad will listen to this eventually my, my mom and uh, i begged them for my star wars subscription you know i had the star wars magazine subscription for about two years as a kid and you know i anything and everything star wars i wanted i wanted to be a jedi i still wish the lightsabers were created um so i'm pretty excited for that movie and i'm excited again for the next time you're on the show it'll be probably be closer to that time you know hopefully you can actually we can see it together all of our buddies can go ahead and watch that movie star wars the force awakens in december so to wrap up the set show a day in the life of a lift driver with cosmo sure we've talked about what's it like being a lift driver the good the bad being in la how if you need somewhere to go really quickly and if you need some supplemental money it's a good thing that you should check out you know if you have a good car but make sure to lock your lock your doors and keep your windows up just in case you're driving at night then we talked about uh some netflix shows we had to talk about we talked about bloodline we talked about sense eight you told us what you thought about that so sense eight and bloodline go to check that out on netflix and uh you had some good talk about um what was it mad max being your favorite movie of the summer i agree with you a lot of people like that movie a great film really original and then finally wrapped up with you're really excited for the Marvel movies coming out and then Star Wars as well. So I just want to, you know, you want to tell our listeners, I know sometimes you do your lift life on Instagram. Do you want to let our listeners know where they could find you on Insta? If you have a Twitter and just uh, let you kind of say goodbye. I appreciate you being on the show, by uh, the way. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at, at CosmoShare, C-O-S-M-O-S-H-E-R. Uh, yeah, I, I do document some of my lift adventures and, uh, and other, other types of things too. I sometimes unofficially uh, manage a band called Mattis that's N-A-D-U-S awesome. and uh, there's some documentation of their music and uh, they went on a little tour earlier on in the spring and there's some photos from that too and uh, you can find links to their music via my Twitter uh, I'm sorry uh, via my Instagram I actually am not on Twitter currently um, but, uh, but yeah also on Facebook uh, links to Mattis uh, at Mattis Music um, 
yeah, I didn't really talk about that uh, in our conversation, but that's a quick little plug there for my friend. Okay, awesome. Well, Cosmo, thanks again for being on the show, and I look forward to talking to you soon, buddy. Peace out. Yeah, thanks. And that was Cosmo Sure, Lyft driver, movie watcher, another filmmaker friend of mine that I've met working on set, working at Sony for Shark Tank. A great guy. Really liked having him on the show. So again, check out Sensei. Check out Bloodline on Netflix. Uh, check out Mad Max if you haven't. A great movie this summer. And uh, it's June 20th. Tomorrow is June 21st. It's Father's Day. I have a wonderful father. His name, his name is Richard Richard Falk. And uh, I can't tell you, you know, any... I mean, all I can say is that he's one of my favorite people in the world. You know, he's not a person I trust more than my father. And uh, it was an honor to, to, to be his son, to still be his son. And I hope you have a wonderful Father's Day tomorrow, Dad. I'll go ahead and call you, send you an email, of course. I'll be working, as you know, so I'm going to make it up to you. But I love you, buddy. Uh, Mom, brother, I know you're listening as well. I appreciate that. My co-host, Ernesto Casillas, who's not here at the moment, as I said, he's being a superhero dad out there, uh, dealing with a lot of stuff because, as you know, being a father, as I just said, deserves a good Father's Day. So Ernesto's going to go ahead and get that tomorrow. You can check us out on Twitter at The Set Show, SoundCloud.com, The Set Show, Facebook.com, The Set Show. So thanks again for listening, guys. This is The Day in the Life of a Lyft Driver with Cosmo Sure. If you have any interest to be on the show, if you think you might have something interesting to talk about, or if you just want to talk with me and banter about the things that I love, you know I like pizza, you know I like movies, you know Ernesto and I love sports, especially fantasy football. So hit us up. Have a good weekend, guys. Peace out.